You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode 130 of the Blended Family Podcast, and today is our Father's Day special, which isn't exactly going as planned. We had one of the craziest weeks ever. As you know, I get the kids for the summer one week on and one week off. This was our week on, so I've had the kids all week, and I know I don't usually talk about my chaotic life, but I have to share this because it's too unbelievable. So one of our daughters had a birthday this week. She turned 14 and we were trying to plan a small party. We live in a different county, so she doesn't have friends here, but we were planning on some cake with family. Without going into too many details, there ended up being some major drama, which caused us to not be able to have the party. And then she went back to her mom's for a day. And so we planned on doing it the next evening that she came back, which was going to be Friday. Thursday evening rolled around and Sean decided to take our daughter driving, my oldest daughter, because she has a driving test next week and she's really not fully prepared. We can only work with her so often because she lives with her dad. So that whole thing is causing me so much stress and anxiety in itself because I'm honestly really scared of her being on the road. Then Friday comes and, well, I sat down to prepare for an interview for you guys And a huge storm blew through, and I swear my house got hit by lightning because I heard a really loud crack, and my electric went out, and my internet, which I need for the interview. I got the electric back on, and I called AT&T, which is my internet provider, and after an hour on the phone, they told me they couldn't fix it, and they'd have to send out a technician Saturday, which was the next day, and so I had to cancel my interview. At the same time as all this was going on, Sean left to go pick up my oldest girl from work, and... He got a call from our son who had broken down on the side of the road in this horrible storm on the side of the highway. So he had to go down to meet him. They couldn't get the car to work, so they had to wait for a tow for two hours. So needless to say, the birthday party was canceled again. Then we went to turn on our bedroom TV late at night because Sean can't sleep without it. And we realized that the storm had blown out the cable box in our room, only that cable box. So Saturday morning, I called our TV provider And they set up to have another technician come out. So now I was expected to wait all day on Saturday since one tech was coming between 12 and 4 and the other between 4 and 8. So we canceled one of our cleaning jobs so that I could wait home all day. But I couldn't get any work done because I had no internet. Sean had to go down and have our son's car junked because we found out the engine was blown. And on top of all that, we had some other drama with some friends we had to deal with. And one of the kids had a little breakdown. And that's just a rundown of the major stuff that happened, but that certainly wasn't all. There was stuff going on all week long, and I am so overwhelmed that it's hard for me to concentrate. So this Father's Day special is not what I planned for you. It's not what I wanted to give you, but sometimes I don't have control over what goes on. And I mean, really, I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever had a week like this before, but I'm here I survived, and I have a special guest for you. I'm bringing on Sean, who hasn't been on the show in a long while. 
I planned on having him on the Father's Day special all along, but I was also going to have some other guests as well, just like I did for Mother's Day, but it just didn't turn out that way for me. Anyways, I wanted to have him here today because he actually had one of the most challenging years ever when it comes to parenting, but I will let him tell you all about that. Before he joins me, announcements. Family interviews, I haven't mentioned those in a while, probably because I was doing so many other interviews for you, but I'd like to have some of you join me on the show for short, fun conversations about your blended families. I will provide all of the questions in advance, and you can share as much or as little as you like. If you want to go back and listen to what one kind of sounds like so you can get a better idea, go check out episode 107. I think that was the most recent one. And what I really like about these is that you get to know one another better. We do have the private Facebook group where many of you are connecting already, but the interviews give us a chance to put a voice to a name. You can learn more about one another. And I think, I think it helps when you listen and think, wow, they sound just like me or they're encountering the same struggles as I am, you know? I've seen some of you connect through this podcast to form friendships, and I'm proud of that because we can't do life alone, and blended families are tough. We need all the support we can get. Unfortunately, many people in traditional homes just don't quite understand what we're facing as blended families, and that's why I like that we have this support community so you can all have one another. So please consider joining me for a short 15 to 20 minute Skype session to record a conversation that I'll air on a future episode. If you are interested, email me, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Just put family interview in the subject line and I will send you over all the information you need. I look forward to getting to know some of you on a more personal level. That Facebook group, in case you're new here, you can find at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. And that is our private Facebook group, free to join. And if you're shy about posting there, I can always post for you anonymously, or you can even just look around in there at what others are posting, and that might help. I would also love to work with you one-on-one -on -one if you need help with your blended family. Some of you need support, or you need to come up with plans or strategies to move your blended families to a more peaceful and loving environment. My calendar is filling up quickly, especially the month of July, because we're taking a small trip up north to visit my family. So if you want to book a session with me, the link for that is blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash schedule. I've had a very low rate for the last year, as I know how tight finances can be for blended families. And I'm going to keep the rate low until the end of the year when I'm probably going to have to raise it a little bit. So if you've been considering it, now is a good time. And that's it. That is all for my announcements. Let's get Sean on here. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Sean. Happy Father's Day. And thanks for being here with me today. Oh, my pleasure. So... I wanted to have you here today because you had an especially challenging year in parenting. Shawnee, our son, moved in with us full-time right after we got married last year. So I wanted you to talk about this because I think not many dads speak about or are aware of the struggles that can come with changes in custody. And I'll start by saying that him moving here was a dream of yours since the day I met you. For the listeners, Sean has never 
had even 50-50 custody. Back when his divorce happened, fathers weren't really given that. He had only every other weekend and one weeknight visit. So, Sean, tell everyone first about that, about your journey as a dad where you didn't have custody, how that made you feel and what struggles you had with it and so on. Well, obvious. When you don't have your children with you, you miss them, gratefully. And watching them grow up from a distance was awfully hard. But at least I was still there for all the sports and everything that they decided to do, their school, I was always there for. But not seeing them on a daily basis was really hard. Yeah, of course. And so tell us, when you finally realized that he was moving in, what did that feel like to you? What kinds of emotions were you experiencing? Oh, extremely excited. Obviously, I've been waiting 17 years to have my baby boy with me. But it was... uh, it was it was tough, you know. I wasn't, you know, I haven't been a full time daddy. Obviously, in 17 years, I was always the weekend dad, but I've always been there. I mean, I see them every other Wednesday. I'm always there for the sports, you know. I yeah. It was. Well, we're going to talk about all <laughs> what the challenges were, and I know, I know, because I watched everything happen, and I know that um, over the years that you did have some guilt about not having the kids here, but. And when we did find out that Shani was moving in, we were excited. And then I remember we were also a little bit nervous about it because we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, we know him, but it, it's always different when you live together. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about our expectations as opposed to what really happened because nothing ever goes the way we think it will, especially when, like in this case, it was years of dreaming and fantasizing about how amazing this would be when it finally happened, but then nothing turned out the way we pictured it. So can you go ahead and talk about some of the challenges that we faced when he moved in? Well, Sean was used to going out uh, where he used to live, and he would go out all night long, stay out late, but then he'd come in and... uh, over here, I knew he was going to have a lot more structure. He was going to have to, you know, be home at a certain time. Uh, he, school was going to be tough for him because he's starting school uh, senior year with only nine credits. And I knew that he was going to have to put a lot of work into it. So my our number one job, mine and yours, was to basically get him to graduate. That was the first thing. And then I wanted him to get a job because he is 17. He should have a job by now. And uh it was tough. It was tough because I'm not like again. I'm not used to having my son full time, and I think it was hard for him too because we are a lot alike, a lot yes. alike. Yes, you are. So, and I know it was like having two Shans in the house was tough for you at times. <laughs> yeah. But, but he, you know, he he did very well. I'm very proud of him. He he took moving down here. Uh, I think I think he, this has always been his dream to move down here. I mean, I couldn't. How many times did he tell us? You know. Going back two years ago, I can't wait. I can't wait to go to Vieira. I can't wait. This is going to be the best time ever. And then, you know, I think once he moved here, he realized that, you know, he was going to miss all his friends. I mean, living in Orlando, he's lived there his whole life and all his friends from preschool. I think by moving down here, he thought, I can start all over again. I'll go to Vieira like I wanted to. I'll meet new people. And I think it was harder for him once he moved down here. It was hard for him to actually open himself up to new people. He has like a social anxiety, which he's never had before, but he somehow developed it lately. And, and meeting new people was hard for him. Yeah. Well, I've talked about his social anxiety on the show before and 
you know, the the other issue that we had was just that, um, well, as any kid that moves at that age is, yeah, making friends can be tough. And he, he was. He was always a very outgoing kid. But starting senior year at a new high school is really, really hard. And I've also talked about some depression issues that he had over the course of the year, which I think just was par for the course. I mean, it's, it's definitely hard making a move like that. And you and him are very much alike. And it's not that that's a bad thing, but you get along really, really well. But sometimes it's difficult when two people are so much alike because you get angry over the same things or you, your viewpoints. It's hard to see each other's side of things. And so uh, I definitely think it was, it was challenging, but it also was really good because it brought you guys really closer together. And I definitely got a lot closer with him this year too because I helped him with some of the challenges that he was facing because you were a little bit too close at times. It was really painful for you to see him depressed and that's where I was right. able to step in and you know help him through that a little bit more because I didn't get as emotionally upset as you did. Well, of course, but you also got to understand when he moved down there, he didn't have a car. Yeah. So he was relying on grandma or me or you to take him around and again, you know, being 17 years old, being a senior in high school, trying to meet a girl, he's like, Dad, I'm not going to have grandma come pick me up and a girl and then take yeah. us somewhere and drop us off. It was embarrassing for him. So it was a huge transition for him. But he, he handled it pretty well. He did. He did. We made it through the year. Um, but one of the things that I know you suffered from and you still do was always guilt over the fact that you weren't able to have both kids here right now. You know, Madison still lives with Amy, her, her bio mom. And mm -hmm. can you talk about that a little about your feelings of guilt over only being able to have one of your kids here? Well, because both of them, you know, they, they both want to move down here. You know, I mean, if they, if they, if it was a, you know, perfect picture, they would, it would be Amy not living too far from me so we can do the 50, 50 thing, you know, but but with Madison, you know, she has her brother here now, which she's always had her brother with her. You know, regardless if they fight or not, that's her big brother. Mm -hmm. And having him here and then having her two sisters here, you know, it, she felt like she was kind of the, you know, kind of like the uh, the outside person, you know. And she, you know, it's, it's hard for her. And it still is. You know, she still wants to move down here only because she wants to be with her family, too. But then she has her little sister uh, Olivia that lives with her mom and she doesn't want to leave Olivia. So it's, mm -hmm. it's hard for Madison right now. And she just made varsity cheerleading at 13 years old at her high school, which is amazing. No one, no one at that school has ever done that. So I don't, I don't feel guilty her not being here, but at the same time, I know that it's better for her to be there right now because again, all her friends are there. She just made varsity cheerleading. And I think that if she moved down here, she'd be a shell shock, just like Shawnee was. She'd move down here and she'd realize that that she doesn't have any of her friends down here. Yes, she does have her brother and her sister, but Shawnee's going to be doing his own thing now that he graduated. Alicia has a job. You know, Nikki goes to another school. So I think in her mind, it's that, it's that dream like Shawnee had. You know, let's move to Vieira and meet new people. Let's do this. Let's do that. But she'll get lonely. She'll be bored. She, she's an outgoing person. She doesn't have antisocial like Shawnee is right. at all. So. Well, and I think I could speak for other dads and say, you know, I know that it's normal to feel a certain amount of guilt, but there's things that are out of everybody's control. You know, it's just not a convenient time right now, or the cards have to align for something like that to happen. And she does have too much going on up there now. And like I 
see with my own two, it's like the grass mm-hmm. isn't always greener. A lot right. of kids decide that they want to go live in another house, and it's not it's not always because it's against the other parent. It's just because they want to see what that's like because they didn't right. have the opportunity. So, um, well, we'll move on from that. We talked about some of the negative things that happened this year, but I want to talk about some of the good stuff because there was a lot of good stuff. So what positive things can you share about this year? Maybe some things that you are proud of as a dad or what might've gone better than expected for you. Uh, Learning patience is one of the big things I learned by having my son here because, again, he and I are a lot alike, and we both suffer sometimes from anger issues. Mm. And sometimes having him here, we we didn't see eye to eye, and, and some most of the times I think you were like the referee between us, which you know we both felt bad. But uh, he he learned responsibility. He learned that he could do it. He graduated. He started, like I said, with nine credits his senior year. You need 24 to graduate. He had somewhere between, I think, three math classes, two English classes. Uh, he did Florida virtual. He had to go to night school two days a week. And he didn't think that he could do it at first. And mm-hmm. to see him really work hard and accomplish his goal of graduating, and I tell you, you, you know best, Melissa, we, we struggled with him trying to get him up for school, trying to get him ready, trying to get him out the door. And and he he did it, you know. He and he feels proud of himself that he actually did it. He didn't think he was going to be able to. And then we got him a job. So uh, having all that work he had to do, then he got a job, and then we got him a car, you know. And he he learned he learned what it's like to really work hard for what you want. And that that to me was one of the biggest accomplishments for him, myself, and you. Absolutely. I mean, because as proud as I am of him, I'm proud of us too. Because it wasn't an easy feat. We did have a lot to deal with this year, and yes. I remember. The night before he was graduating, I remember us laying in bed when we were getting yeah. ready to go to sleep, and we just kind of grabbed our hands together, and we were like, oh, we did it. We we did this. I can't believe like it's actually here, because we never thought the day was going to come. So I think definitely that is something we should all be proud of. Yeah, we finally got to exhale a little bit. And to tell everyone, he, uh, he didn't walk for his graduation. He, again, another thing that I wish I could have experienced with him a little mm-hmm. bit because I've always dreamed watching my kids walk across the stage. But for Shawnee, he, again, he doesn't have any friends here as much. You know, all his friends are still in Lake Nona. And he, and he told me, he's told me straight up, he goes, dad, I'll, I'll walk for you and Melissa, but I, I don't want to walk, you know? And I, I respected his wishes. I, I understand it's, he did what he had to do. He did it. And you know, it's over and done with now, so we can all breathe. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that was one thing that I, I do want to mention. We didn't push him with that. I mean, we did. He knew how we felt about it, but at the end of the day, it was really about him graduating, not so much about him walking across the stage in front of people, which would have been almost traumatizing in a sense for somebody yes. with social anxiety and the way that he feels when he's in a crowd of people. So, yeah, we definitely did not want to push that. It was more important no. for us to just get him that diploma and nothing else really mattered. So, um, and you said that you learned a lot of patience this year. I would say that that's true. You learned patience and you learned, I think you learned what it was like to be a full-time dad, even though you can't, you were always a full-time dad because you, you are 24 seven with the kids. If you're not with them, you're on the phone with them and you are like so involved more than any other dad that I know, but it really was different actually him physically being here 24 seven, I think, wouldn't you agree? Well, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, with Nikki and Alicia here, it's like, 
although they are my babies, no matter what, you know, when a situation would occur, you being the biological parent, you had to step in, you had to talk to them about everything. And, and of course you were the bad guy because you, you had to be the disciplinarian, but then I could come in and relieve you a little bit and then mm-hmm. take the girls and talk to them and try to, you know, reason, reasonable with them. And they just started, it was just, it was easier for me sometimes just to walk away and then come back and then talk to the kids with Shawnee being here. Yeah. <laughs> it was in my face 24-7. And again, you got to step in between us. Yeah. Relieve me a little bit. Take care of Shawnee. You know, and you're able to talk to him a lot better. You know, and you're able to explain to him more calmly than I was able to. Yeah. And it, again, it, it, it's really teamwork. I mean, it's straight up teamwork. Well, that, and it's a it's a learning thing because at the beginning of the year, the way that you handled him was completely different than the yes. way things are handled now because oh, you God, had to yeah. learn how you related with each other because you weren't used to that. And then so everybody kind of had to learn everybody else's personality and and who we work with best. And I know when there's certain moods that he has, I know how to deal with him. And so do you. And we have to we have to learn when it's time to just not say anything and walk away. And then there's other times when it's important to intervene. And I think that you don't ever know that when you don't live with your kids full time, um, you really get to learn their full personality when you have them around the clock. So, well, you know, well, that's the thing. you like, what you taught me was every time he got in a real bad mood, he got really upset. He would go into his room. That was his safe haven. I didn't realize that I wanted to fix the problem. You know, I would walk in there and try to talk to him and it would just make things worse and I would get upset, and then him seeing me get upset would get him more upset. And right. then I'd walk out all upset, and you would like, honey, just leave him alone. That let him stay in there. He'll figure it out. And and it, it showed. I mean, I don't know how many times that I made the mistake going in there trying to fix the problem, and then getting upset, walking back out. And eventually, you you know, like baby, just let him let him be. Yeah. And sure as anything, he would come out half an hour later after. I don't know, him just relaxing, you know, calming his mind down. He'd come out, he's in such better mood. So I've learned over the year, once he got upset, he was upset about something, I just let him go to his room, let him do whatever he's doing in there, and then he'll come back out. And, and it worked out much better that way. But that's one thing that you taught me because, again, I want to fix it. You know, I guess that's like most men, we want to fix. We want to fix the things. And, and, and at that time, Shawnee was, didn't want to be fixed. He just wanted me to leave him alone. Yes, and and he's an introvert, so he gains energy by being alone sometimes, and you would always get worried that he's in there depressed and, you know, lonely and getting upset, but sometimes he just needs that alone time, and sometimes kids just need you to listen to them and not say anything, so, but well, let's move on, because I know we've been talking mostly about Shawnee, but he's just one of the four kids, and yes, some big changes for both you and Shawnee this year, but I also want to acknowledge the fact that you are very involved with all of the kids. You are, as I mentioned in the introduction, teaching our second oldest how to drive. You've been a cheer dad for our other daughter. You're always there for any of them if they need you. But one of the things I admire most about you is your ability to openly communicate with them. It's actually one of your superpowers. You definitely are the one who taught me how to be more open. And I noticed lately as they're getting older, it's even more important. So What's your secret? What advice can you give other dads about being really open and honest with their children? And why do you think it's so important? Well, I grew up with with a single mom. I mean, my mom raised me all on her own. And she would always be there for me no matter what. You know, if I made a mistake, she was there. If I wanted to talk about sex, she was there. If I needed her to run out and grab me things, she was – she's just – 
someone I could speak to and talk to. And I tell you, it it helped me so much growing up because I, there was no secrets between my, my mom and I, you know, and I never felt like I had to hide anything from her. So with me, I wanted that same relationship with my kids. I wanted to be able to tell them everything. You know, I wanted them to be able to tell me everything. I didn't want there to be any secrets. You know, I wanted to be able to be an open book where they can come to me and tell me anything. If it's about sex, if it's about boyfriend, girlfriend, if it's about whatever, you know, sports, if they're depressed, or if they're upset, if it, it, anything, I want to be able to be there for them. And I think it was, it, it, it helps the kids because now sometimes they tell us things that we don't even want to hear, yes. but at the same time, it's, it's, they're not getting the wrong information from other outside source. They're not, I mean, obviously all kids look up stuff on, you know, Facebook or they'll look up things on Google or whatever they do, you know, and, and the thing is, is that if they have a question about what they saw, they can come to us, you know, and they can, they, 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 boy, they come to us and they talk about things that, again, they make us feel a little uncomfortable, but we don't show that, you know, we just went straight up with the kids and we explain everything to them. Because the worst thing you want is your son or daughter to go into this world treating other people with disrespect. You know, I don't want my son going and treating girls like you know, like they're they're not important. Right. You know, or I want boys treating my daughters like they're garbage. You know, or like you know, you should listen. You, you know, you should listen to whatever they say, and you have to do whatever they say. You know, I want them to respect. That's the number one thing. A guy should hold a door for you. I mean, these are things that we beat into our kids, and we tell them all the time. Like, yeah. look. This is what's important, you know? Yeah, and I think that what's really funny is that a lot of times, and I I don't want to say yours and mine, but for the sake of the conversation, I have to, but yours will come to me with something before you because they try to break the ice a little bit because they know Mm. that I'm going to break it to you. Yeah, well, yeah, Shawnee mostly, yeah. Shawnee will come to me first and he'll tell me something because he knows I'm going to tell you, but he'd rather (laughs) me tell you. And then vice versa with with my girls, they'll do the same thing. They'll come to you before they come to me. But ultimately, you know, they know that there's certain things that they would feel more comfortable talking to you about. Like, I'll be honest, when it comes to sex, you're their go-to You know, not that I don't, I will talk to them about it. And I have, I mean, I've actually had more conversations with our son about it than the girls. The girls usually come to you more about sex, but, um, when it's dealing with their emotions, then they usually come to me because I'm better there. So that's why we work as a good team together. But ultimately all four of the kids, they're, they're pretty open and honest. We have one, our youngest is a little bit more tight lipped about things. She doesn't share everything, but, um, but she's also the youngest and she doesn't. You know, she thinks her friends are, are first and foremost. So that should only last for a couple more years until she comes back to us. So, um, all right. So moving forward, what are you hoping for this coming year with the kids? Or is there anything you're wanting to work on as a father this year? I, uh, well, I want, we'll start off with a, Sean, uh, Shani. I want him to, you know, focus on himself right now. He's going to be turning 18 on Wednesday. I want him to, you know, look about getting a real job or starting college. I know it was really tough for him this year with school. So I don't want to push school on him right now because, I mean, he really worked hard. And, you know, he's the type of kid that never really really had to work hard at school because he never really focused on school. But I I figured if he, you know, if he would do one or two classes at the community college over here just to see if that's something he might want to do. But I do want him to get a real job. You know, something that, you know, like I used to work for Southwest Airlines. That'd be a great job for him. Because yeah. he loves to travel. Um, as far as like Madison, you know, I want her to be ready for 
varsity cheerleading. And the reason why I say that is because she is, well, she was 13. She just turned 14 a couple of days ago and she's, you know, around 16, 17 year old girls that, and you know how cheerleaders are. They can very, very catty. They can be, they can be vicious and mean. And right now she's going through some of that right now, because again, she is the youngest one that made varsity. So there's a lot of jealousy there. And, but I want her to focus on school. I want her to focus on getting her head straight with school this year because she wants to be a uh, neurologist. So between that and cheer and focusing on, you know, helping her mom out at home because, you know, her mom needs help at home. You know, I think that's one of the things I, I want to focus on this year, helping her out with that, you know, with Alicia, our second oldest, <laughs> focus on getting her driving. She's, yes. she's getting better, you know, and I take oh, her out. Pretty, I try to take her out every day and, you know, she's, when it's just her and I, she drives great. Then when there's other people in the car, <laughs> she gets, you know, preoccupied with outside noises and, and people talking. And I told her, I said, you know, it's not always going to be you by yourself in the car. So you're going to have to get used to that. But teaching her the, the, you know, the, the roles on the road and, and, you know, death perception, which uh, she's getting better at, <laughs> you know, but I want to focus on getting her ready for her test on Tuesday and our little Nikki Rue. I, I just want her, I want her, she's such an amazing dancer. I just I want to be able to get her into more classes this year, but it's so expensive. Yeah. But, you know, and, and keep up with her violin, which she's amazing at. So she has that art side of her, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's one of the, that's one of many that I want to work on, you know, and you and I too, you know, we need to work on together trying to, you know, corral these kids, <laughs> making sure that they're going to be good, you know, good human beings, you know? Yeah, and it, it we're we're at a tough age right now. I always thought it was tough when they were younger, and it was tough for different reasons. But um, as teenagers, yeah, they're more independent, but there's a lot more to stress over, a lot more bigger kid problems. So yeah, we definitely oh, God, have yeah. a lot. But on a good note, thankfully, Shawnee has graduated, so we got like one down and three to go with school, which yes. is helpful because you know. School, that's tough. So, and last, Sean, do you have any advice for our dad listeners who might be faced with some parenting challenges? I know we've had many challenges, and you always seem to know how to handle the kids and make any situation better. So please share with the listeners what you do to get through your tough parenting struggles. Honestly, I, I talk to you about everything. You know, I think it's important that you and I stay on the same page or at least try as much as we possibly can. Obviously you have your ways and I have my ways, but what, what matters is that you and I stay together as a team. You know, honestly, sometimes it feels like it's you and I against them, you know, so, it always feels like that, yeah, <laughs> especially it's, it's, lately. <laughs> well, it's tough. It's tough, you know, and, and we both need to learn patience, you know, because mm. it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And I keep saying that word, but it's so tough to have patience sometimes with four teenagers, but, I think uh, by having patience and listening to your kids and, and maybe sitting down, I know we haven't done this yet, but like, I would like to sit down maybe once a week or every other week and maybe and just get everything out on the table. What's bugging you, Shawnee, Maddie, yeah. Alicia, Nikki, what's bugging you? You know, this is what we're asking. Maybe do a little bit more work around the house for us. You know, uh, that's one of the things I would like to maybe, you know, tell you know, all the listeners out there that I think it's, it's important that you that you work together as a team because it really does. It's important uh, exercise. I stopped CrossFit, which, you know, I wish I didn't have to, but I was in the hospital a couple months ago and I think it's best that I stopped that for a while. So exercising really does help. 
eating a better diet, which you are helping me with that. Uh, taking alone time with your wife, with you, you know, like I said, I know a lot of your listeners can't, they don't have a, a time for alone time with your wife or, you know, whatever, but you and I, it's important that I get you out of the house because if I don't get you out of the house any, every other weekend, you will work, you're a workaholic. And I know sometimes you get stressed with that. So, yeah. You know, that's important. And, and I think the most important thing is listen to your kids, like really, truly listen to them, not just walk by us or talking. And, you know, I mean, because they're, they're actually telling you something when they're when when they really want to talk to you about something, they're actually really trying to say something to you. And I think it's important that we listen to them. And I think if we can all, again, get together as a group, mm-hmm. work as a family, I think I think it'll be it'll be a better year. It'll be easier for, you know, the other out there blended families because it's hard being a blended family. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's really hard. And I think the the biggest thing you said there was the teamwork aspect because when you and I are not seeing eye to eye or we're not connecting and we're not working as a team, everything seems way more challenging with the kids. And they and they do have a way of sometimes pulling you apart depending on what the situation yeah. is. So I think that for all the parents listening, you gotta stay tight, present as a team, at least in front of the kids, because that is huge. So and we're gonna wrap also, up. Oh, go ahead, baby. Well, no, I say also working with your exes. You know, mm. you know it's 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 tough. I think you know. I mean, Amy and I haven't always seen eye to eye, but as far as the kids, we've. We, we know how to work together when it comes to the kids and you and Rick, you know, it's like, it's important. It's really important that we all work together. Again, it's not just me and Melissa, it's me, Melissa, Amy and Rick. We, we all four have to stick together as a team. And that's, what's important. I know a lot of, a lot of blended families out there, they don't have that. They, you know, they argue with their exes and, and, and it really does reflect on the kids and it really does hurt the children. And I know it's hard because, you know, there's been times that Amy and I used to go at it all the time and she'll tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, but we always found a way to work back and say, okay, let's, let's figure it out what, what's important for the kids. And, and then we try to get on the same page. And sometimes we didn't, sometimes we did. And, you know, as far as you and Rick, you guys seem to get on the page pretty good. So it's, you know, it's, and it's good that we can all work together as a team. You, you have to. And for those listening who don't have that ability right now, please don't lose hope because things always can change. Always have hope and oh, God, faith yeah. that you can develop a better relationship with your ex for the kids. It's never too late. It's never impossible. And that's what I'm striving for with this podcast and for all of you so that you can get to that sweet spot and nothing is ever perfect, but at least you can get to a place where it becomes a little bit easier. Well, that's the thing, honey. I just want to make sure I know I keep talking about this, but it's important for blended families to know that, you know, it wasn't always easy. Yeah. You know, and I, I know I keep saying that it wasn't always easy with me and Amy. I mean, or, or you and Rick, you know, but, you know, we worked, we all four worked hard and yes. really hard to work together as a team. And there are times that, you know, I think we all want to strangle each other somehow, some way we always, you know, you get mad, you get mad at each other. And sometimes the kids use that against each other, <laughs> against you. Yes. So we've learned to kind of keep the kids out of it. And then if there's a problem, if Amy and I have a problem, I go straight to Amy now and right. show her like, okay, that's what I said. And you'll go straight to Rick. And and now we've learned to work together and, you know, in, in unison. So now we, it, it's, it's still hard. I'm not going to lie. It's still hard. We still all have a little problems here and there, but you know, it's, 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 it works. It works and it's getting a lot better. So, yeah. well, that's great advice. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it right there. We're going to wrap up as we are actually recording this on Father's Day and I want yes. you to go enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for joining me today on the show. And of course, thank you for all that you do all year long 
for our children. We are truly blessed to have you in our lives. Oh, thank you so much. I love you. I love you too, baby. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation between me and my husband, Sean. And to my listeners, I hope that you had a wonderful Father's Day. I know this is airing the day after. But whether you're a bio father, a stepfather, or an adoptive father, you are loved and appreciated, and you are more important than you might realize. So happy Father's Day to all of you. And if any of you want to connect with Sean, he is in the Facebook group, and he loves to connect with all of you as well. So you can find him there. And once again, if you're not yet part of that group, it is called Blended Family Connections, and you can find it over at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. Next week, you will not want to miss. I will be bringing you an interview with an expert on anxiety, something that many of us struggle with these days. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. And I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, thank you so much for listening. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.